0: I'm Royce, and you're listening to Back in Away. What a wonderful, amazing, haunting story to share with you today. One that was shared only recently uh, with me in the last couple months by the same gentleman who shared with us Joe Brandt's dream of his vision of an apocalyptic super quake not only in California, but around the world. If you haven't caught that episode yet, scroll down in your podcast catcher or roll around on my YouTube page and scroll down a few episodes. You'll see that back in October or November sometime. Amazing story as well. But Rick Ishe of the Exertus Tartary Discord community is the a uh, fellow who helped me out with pointing me at this story and one that I found really affecting when I read it first. I've read it two or three times since then. I've listened to it narrated by other people on YouTube. Uh, and and here I am to share it with you today. Um, yeah, I was already sitting down to write my notes on this episode when I first saw some news reports that Iran's top military advisor, General Qasem Soleimani, the national hero of Iran and symbol of resistance against U.S. foreign policy, was killed yesterday in a targeted attack by a U.S. drone on an access road adjacent to Baghdad airport. As a reminder, Baghdad is in Iraq not Iran the United States has been escalating tensions with the government of Iran ever since 2016 when the Trump administration kiboshed the historic UN Security Council brokered nuclear arms treaty formerly known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action that was signed under President Obama just a year prior we all know it as the quote, Iran nuclear arms deal For those not keeping track, the United States military has been in continuous conflict in the Middle East since 1991, when Operation Desert Storm first began. It's now 2020, and we've been safeguarding democracy and protecting America's vital interests in that part of the world for 29 years. I could go on for an entire podcast, soapboxing, about my opinions on perpetual war and what it's doing to not only the world, but to America's soul. But I really don't think anyone would listen to it, including yours truly, honestly, once I hit publish on such pointless mental masturbation. So I'm going to spare us all. You're welcome. Nonetheless, the current headlines and the ill-portent of the subsequent Literal tsunami of World War III memes on Instagram today. Together, struck a chord in my mind as I prepared to share a. I guess we can call it a prophecy. Credited to none other than the foundingist of fathers. Known by everyone, starting just now. As, the never liar. The spirit of Virginia mahogany masticator and the Delaware River decamper. Indeed, our subject today is none other than the heavyweight champion of U.S. presidents, Mr. George, no middle name, Washington himself. The vision that I'm speaking of is one that came to Washington during the historic winter of 1777, while in winter quarters at Valley Forge with his army of revolutionary soldiers. This was the same winter in which thousands of American volunteers, underpaid and underfed even at that early stage of the conflict, perished of cold and disease while trying to endure one of the worst winters on record since the peak of the Little Ice Age of the 16th and 17th centuries. Now, I must hasten to qualify the assertion that the visions were 100% for sure that of the then General of the Continental Army. This vision is attributed to George Washington but was not heard of much, if at all, before the time of its disclosure in 1859. That's 60 years after Washington's death in, I think it was 1799. By a then 99-year-old random old soldier named Anthony Sherman, Sherman was supposedly there in 77 for that bitter winter, one in which it was recounted many times that Washington would, quote, go to the thicket to pray. The old soldier, Sherman, would recount his story before he perished, that his listener may record Washington's vision, which included a sweeping picture of the young nation's future marked by three terrible perils. Let's turn to the story, first widely published in 1880, 29 years after that fateful encounter with the old soldier, by William Bradshaw, publisher of the National Tribune. We're going to use a website called Signs and Wonders for our times. To get the text of the vision and prophecy, you'll find them at sign.org. Link will, of course, be in the show notes, as always, for you today. Let's uh, enjoy a brief puff. Together on my uh, newest glass piece, uh, a lovely little Sherlock style pipe, uh, Sherlock Holmes style pipe from Hourglass Creations. By the way, that my beautiful wife Nicole got me for Christmas, and uh, gosh, I've been I've been holding this thing in my hand pretty much every day since Christmas. I, I love the feel of it. It's a great smoker. Sure, it has a touch of elegance that your regular like, you know. Little handy glass pipes don't really have, right? So, um, Ole, Hourglass, hats off to you, brother. Loving the pipe. If you're not already safe, get your stuff together, because we're only taking a quick puff, and then we're diving right in. Crazy blowtorchy upside down lighter here, not like a big dab lighter or anything, just like a little Ronson, Ronson like cigar lighter. <laughs> oh, there it is. That's smooth, I tell you. And to our story, the father of our country, George Washington, was a man of prayer. We've all read of how he went to the thicket many times to pray during the winter his army was at Valley Forge. However, little publicity has been given to the vision and prophecy he received at that time. The first hand account of this vision was given in 1859 by an old soldier named Anthony Sherman. He gave it to a writer, Wesley Bradshaw, who published it. In the vision, God revealed to George Washington that three great perils would come upon the Republic. He was given to know that America was going through the first peril at that time. The old soldier who told the story of the vision said that the nation would soon see the account verified by the second peril descending upon the land. The account was taken from the reprint in the U.S. War Veterans paper, the National Tribune, in December 1880. The National Tribune is now called The Stars and Stripes. The article was reprinted again in The Stars and Stripes in December 21st of 1950. In the report of this phenomenal and most important heavenly message for us at this hour. Wesley Bradshaw wrote, The last time I ever saw Anthony Sherman was on the 4th of July in 1859 in Independence Square. He was then 99 years old and becoming very feeble. But though so old, his dimming eyes rekindled as he gazed upon Independence Hall, which he came to visit once more. Let us go into the hall, he said. I want to tell you of an incident in Washington's life, one which no one alive knows of except myself. And if you live, you will before long see it verified. Mark the prediction. You will see it verified. From the opening of the Revolution, we experienced all phases of fortune, now good and now ill. One time victorious, and another conquered. The darkest period we had, I think, was when Washington, after several reverses, retreated to Valley Forge, where he resolved past the winter of 1777. Ah, I have often seen the tears coursing down our dear commander's careworn cheeks, as he would be conversing with a confidential officer about the condition of his poor soldiers. You have doubtless heard the story of Washington's going to the thicket to pray. Well, it was not only true but he used often to pray in secret for aid and comfort. And God brought us safety through the darkest days of tribulation. One day, I remember it well. The chilly winds whistled through the leafless trees, though the sky was cloudless and the sun shone brightly. He remained in his quarters nearly all the afternoon, alone. When he came out, I noticed that his face was a shade paler than usual, and there seemed to be something on his mind of more than ordinary importance. Returning just after dusk, he dispatched an orderly to the quarters of an officer, who was presently in attendance. After a preliminary conversation of about half an hour, Washington, gazing upon his companion with that strange look of dignity which only he alone could command, said to the latter, I do not know whether it is owing to the anxiety of my mind, or what. This afternoon, as I was sitting at this table engaged in preparing a dispatch, something in the apartment Seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I beheld standing opposite me a singularly beautiful being, in parentheses, female. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was some moments before I found language to inquire the cause of the visit. A second, a third, And even a fourth time did I repeat my question, but received no answer from my mysterious visitor, except a slight raising of the eyes. By this time, I felt strange sensations spreading through me. I would have risen, but the riveted gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I essayed once more to speak, but my tongue had become useless, as if paralyzed. A new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, took possession of me. All I could do was to gaze steadily, vacantly, at my unknown visitor. Gradually, the surrounding atmosphere seemed to fill with sensations, and grew luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy. the mysterious visitor also becoming more airy and yet more distinct to my sight than before. I began to feel as one dying, or rather to experience the sensations which I have sometimes imagined accompany death. I did not think. I did not reason. I did not move. All were alike impossible. I was only conscious of gazing fixedly, vacantly, at my companion. Presently, I heard a voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn, while at the same time my visitor extended an arm eastward. I now beheld a heavy white vapor at some distance, rising fold upon fold. This gradually dissipated, and I looked upon a strange scene. Before me lay, spread out in one vast plain, all the countries of the world. Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. I saw rolling and tossing between Europe and America, the billows of the Atlantic. And between Asia and America lay the Pacific. Son of the Republic, said the same mysterious voice as before. Look and learn. At that moment, I beheld a dark, shadowy being, like an angel, standing, or rather floating in midair between Europe and America, dipping water. Out of the ocean, in the hollow of each hand, he sprinkled some upon America with his right hand, while with his left he cast some over Europe. Immediately, a cloud arose from these countries and joined in mid-ocean. For a while it remained stationary, and then it moved slowly westward until it enveloped America in its murky folds. Sharp flashes of lightning gleamed through it at intervals, and I heard the smothered groans and cries of the American people. In parentheses, probably the War of Independence. A second time, the angel dipped water from the ocean, and sprinkled it out as before. The dark cloud was then drawn back to the ocean, in whose heaving billows it sank from view. A third time I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. I cast my eyes upon America and beheld villages and towns and cities springing up one after another until the whole land from the Atlantic to the Pacific was dotted with them. Again, I heard the mysterious voice say, Son of the Republic, the end of the century comes. Look and learn. and this time the dark-shadowy angel turned his face southward. From Africa, I saw an ill-omened specter approach our land. It flitted slowly and heavily over every town and city of the latter. The inhabitants presently set themselves in battle array against each other. As I continued looking, I saw a bright angel on whose brow rested a crown of light, on which was traced the word Union. He was bearing the American flag. He placed the flag between the divided nation, and said, Remember, you are brethren. Instantly the inhabitants, casting down their weapons, became friends once more, and united around the national standard. In parentheses, probably the Civil War. Again, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. This, the dark, shadowy angel placed a trumpet to his mouth and blew three distinct blasts. And taking water from the ocean, he sprinkled it upon Europe, Asia, and Africa. Then my eyes beheld a fearful scene. From each of these continents arose Thick black clouds that were soon joined into one. Throughout this mass there gleamed a dark red light by which I saw hordes of men. These men, moving with the cloud, marched by land and sailed by sea to America, which country was enveloped in the volume of cloud. vast armies devastate the whole country, and the villages, towns, and cities, which I had seen scream. As my ears listened to the thundering of the cannon, clashing of the swords, and the shouts and cries of millions in mortal combat, I again heard the mysterious voice saying, son of the Republic. Look and learn. Where the voice had ceased, the dark, shadowy angel placed his trumpet once more to his mouth and blew a long and fearful blast. Instantly, A light as of a thousand suns shone down from above me, and pierced and broke into fragments the dark cloud which enveloped America. At the same moment, the angel upon whose head still shone the word Union, and who bore our national flag in one hand and a sword in the other, descended from the heavens, attended by legions of white spirits. These immediately joined the inhabitants of America, who I perceived were well-nigh overcome, but who, immediately taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle. Again, amid the fearful noise of the conflict, I heard the mysterious voice saying, son of the Republic. Look and learn. As the voice ceased, the shadowy angel for the last time dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it upon America. Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back, together with the armies it had brought, leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. Then once more I beheld the villages, towns, and cities springing up where I had seen them before, while the bright angel, planting the azure standard he had brought in the midst of them, cried with the loud voice, While the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the union last. taking from his brow the crown on which blazoned the word Union, he placed it upon the standard, while the people, kneeling down, said Amen. The scene instantly began to fade and dissolve, and I at last saw nothing but the rising, curling vapor I at first beheld. This also disappeared, and I found myself once more gazing upon the mysterious visitor, who in the same voice I had heard before said, Son of the Republic, what you have seen is thus interpreted. Three great perils will come upon the Republic. most fearful, for her is the third. But the whole world united shall not prevail against her. Let every child of the Republic learn to live for his God, his land, and his union. With these words, the vision vanished. and I started from my seat, felt that I had seen a vision wherein I had been shown me the birth, the progress, and the destiny of the United States. Such, my friends, the venerable narrator concluded, were the words I heard from Washington's own lips, and America will do well to profit by them. And that, my friends, is the story of the spiritual journey of George Washington. Sometimes we learn together, you know, right here at the same time on, on the podcast, uh, and maybe you've experienced this kind of thing yourselves when you're researching a topic, you know, with, with revisiting this text now, having done so a few times in the course of my original discovery of it and then coming back to it to try to collect some thoughts and get my head in the game before reading it for, for you guys. And now having done the episode that I did on Joe Brandt's dream, there's interesting like little pings that remind me of each other uh, in each story. In Joe Brandt's dream, he had a way of narrating the story, the the recounter of the story, who, again, was like one degree removed of Kevin Bacon away from Brandt, right? It was like Brandt's best friend's wife who got Brandt's dream in a journal and then released it later. In this case, we have 99-year-old old man Sherman. In both cases, the original account was said to have happened at one point in time, the experience. Joe Brandt, injured, fell off a horse, was in a hospital for like a month, and had a recurring dream that happened over the course of a week or more. He wrote down at the time and then rewrote again into a journal later and tried to share with a few people here and there throughout his life. And of course that happening much closer to the present day uh, in the 1940s in America was when he had his dream, and it didn't come out until like the 60s, right? Uh, Here again we had Washington was dead decades by the time this guy who probably croaked the day he got home from his trip to Independence Hall. Uh, again, Washington died at the age of 67, so this is 30 years, you know, this guy was a young man when he eavesdropped on this story, I guess, because uh, Sherman wasn't even the officer to whom Washington was said to be speaking, right? But apparently Sherman, maybe he was on duty, right? right, right, right nearby, and they were, you know, maybe he was posted up guard next to these guys. That I find interesting. But still. An amazing, compelling vision. Possibly a prophecy. I don't know. Maybe I remembered this story... You know, Right now, it was just swirling around somewhere in my head in terms of, oh yeah, put that on the list, we'll do that at some point. But coming back to it now was, I won't call it a whim, but it just, it bubbled back into my mind and said, hey, do that episode. And that was like two, three days ago, four days ago, I decided to do that. And uh, here we are. You know, yesterday and today with news of that drone strike. And if you've been on the internet, you're seeing the memes. Uh, I know you are about World War III. So whatever that's about. Uh, that's pretty much it, though. One and done for today. Still working on the Olympia video for YouTube, uh, Olympia Mud Hunt Walk. So just wait longer. I'm working on it. Is a podcast after all, right? We do videos for fun. That's bonus content that's not behind a Patreon wall or anywhere else for you, okay? So, I don't want to do that. And I won't even say anytime soon. I don't want to do that. I don't, Like, you go and see, I have, might have a Patreon page up. There's no patrons on there or there's a couple who are other podcasters listed, but nobody's, you know, I don't put anything out on Patreon. Uh, and I have it set up that my patrons wouldn't ever pay unless I put something out on Patreon anyway. So, um, yeah. Go visit my actual website, my website. Go, go check out and, I don't know, shop on my shop page or hit the donate button sometime if you want to buy me a cup of coffee or something. I would be super grateful. Always am. And, I'm already eternally super grateful for all the support I already received from all of you in the form of you know comments on my videos, direct emails. I love getting emails. I get more emails all the time and, and that's what I I want them. <laughs> get me get at me on email because it's it's again realer, you know, it's ours still somewhat. Talk to us at bakedinawake.com. Love to hear from you guys always always do, and uh, many of you have seen, you know, you get in touch with me and tell me about something amazing, Uh, and I think I've gotten two amazing other leads out of the blue in the last, like, couple of weeks, just the last one, like, two, three days ago, someone inboxed me on Instagram and sent me an amazing story to follow up on, which I won't spoil for you, we'll get into it later. That's what's up, though, I love that please keeps me going fires me up and i'm finding out stuff from folks every day that i've never heard of in my life clearly you know you can be out here looking and searching and doing your thing and and getting after it and still we're not going to you know you you're not going to find everything on your own if you're trying to do this like eclectic you know eclectic rather uh, mile mile wide inch deep who the fuck am i kind of <laughs> existential searching that we tend to do, right, when we're a little bit, and, uh, you know, feeling in our bag about it. Uh, You want to go out and break free from the programming, right, and you go try to at least reprogram yourself a little, right? I don't know, you know, are we ever free of the programming? Maybe not. Is George Washington's vision another example of programming? George Washington, who, if I can find the right thumbnail to include with this podcast upload and the accompanying thumbnail that goes up on YouTube or wherever you might uh, get the podcast, will show you our friend Washington, known Freemason, pictured and, you know, commemorated in paintings with, like, the hidden hand. It was, like, the first image I found of Washington was of him, like, with this Cheshire cat kind of smirk and the hidden hand, Napoleon-style, right? Right in the vest, in the waistcoat. So, you know, is this, you know, did he leave behind a little Easter egg of some kind? Uh, there's a lot more to you could sit and ponder on this story. I hope you guys'll do just that. I've provided the links that you need to go, you know, read a quick biography of Washington to reacquaint yourself with him. I think there's some interesting aspects of his biography that might themselves be worth visiting in a future exploration, but Maybe you guys let me know if you see anything in Washington's biography or early life that is of interest. I say early life, but his childhood is almost lost to history, even though much of his entire, well, his entire adult life from 18 or 19 or so onward, he was, you know, a storied and immaculately recorded person. And, and when I say immaculate, I mean his reputation has remained pretty untarnished throughout history. And I'm not here to just, you know, shit on the pre- first president of the United States in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but, yeah. Read his biography, I guess. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you enjoyed this story. Let me know how I did on sound quality today, too. Um... Uh, Work in progress. Work in progress. I have checked a couple times during the recording of this episode, and you know, I think I still have some hiss to try to engineer out in post that I kind of think shouldn't doesn't need to be there. So we're gonna we're gonna get it. We got it on the run. I know that because I know it's quieter and happier now than it has been in a while. So uh, gonna be fun. 2020. How about no World War Three? All right, how about that, everybody? Let's try to quantum co-create that for this year. Let's keep it. Keep it. Not stay the course, but keep her steady, right? Onward. Together. Because as the angel told George Washington in the dream... soon, right here in this spot, and you know what you want to hear about Until then,